Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's episode of Uncaped Heroes. Thank you for taking time out of your day. I hope it's been a great one and that you take a minute to just sit back, relax, and be inspired by the wisdom and knowledge of yet another amazing individual we're going to get to talk to today from a beautiful place in this world that we live. My name is Stacey Johnston. I'm honored to be here with you and honored as always to sit alongside my co-host, Cassie Holland. Cass, how are you today? I am trying not to melt, but I'm good. Ha! It is hot. I think we're supposed to hit 110 today. How about you? Yeah, I think they said it was supposed to be 110 here, too, and this is 14 days straight. Yeah, evidently. It is. It has been hot. And, you know, I was I was talking to my husband last night. We were talking about the things that we're grateful for. Right, we're having a little gratitude conversation. And I told him, I said, you know, one of the things I get to do is I get to do this cool job and I get to stay home in my apartment and not be outside in that 110 degree weather. And then I saw in the news today all of the conflict and the drama at the airports right now. And I'm so happy that just today we get to go to South Carolina, we get to run on over to Nevada, and then a little while we're going to Australia. And I don't have to deal with any of that. And I am. Pretty stoked about that myself. I don't know. So gratitude point for today. I get to travel all over the world from right here and meet some really cool people. Right. So how about you? Where is your gratitude situation? Huh? Well, you don't have to pack or unpack or do laundry or deal with TSA. So I'm. I mean, I'm always down for this kind of trip. Right. I, I just so. So you ready to go to South Carolina? I'm ready. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. We have a. Gentlemen joining us today from, from South Carolina, and we're going to bring him in and let him tell you all about who he is and what he knows. Please, Mr. Robert Saul, how are you today? Thank you. It's my, my pleasure to be here. I'm excited to, to talk with you all. Uh, we're glad to have you. So how about you kick us off? Tell us who is Robert, what do you do, how come you do that, what did you learn along the way, and how can people connect with you? Okay. Well, um my name is Dr. Bob Saul. I am a pediatrician and actually also a medical geneticist. I uh, grew up in the Chicago area, but did my uh, final education in Colorado uh, and did my pediatric training at Duke University and have been in South Carolina since 1979. Uh, I am one of the major things I have learned is where I am now is I'm retired, but I'm continuing to try to spread the message of what it means to advocate for children, what it means to be a better parent, and how we can improve our communities. Uh, mm. And I'll briefly tell you how I got there because after about 14 years in practice, I really felt like I wasn't doing what I should be doing. I mean, I was, you know, I was engaged, but not really as engaged. And I heard a talk that said, for anything that happens in your community, 12 words, I am the problem, I am the solution, I am the resource. It took me a while to mm. internalize it. I realized anything that's going on needs to be my problem. I needed to vote I need to be part of the solution and I need to devote my resources to it. So that was in nineteen ninety three. I've been on this journey now for thirty years. Um, and we'll talk about some of the things some of the milestones along the way. Uh, but uh, my Sort of the how to get in touch with me is through the my website, which is mychildrenschildren 
com. And I'll let you lead mm-hmm. me through the as you want to. Wow. Blackchildrenschildren.com. Okay, so on your program, when they engage with you and someone wants to engage with Dr. Bob and get involved in your program, do you just, is it, is it one-on-one? Is it groups? Is it live? Is it virtual? Is it all the above? Well, I don't have an actual engaged program per se. I have my work, and I encourage people to contact me, and I'm glad to, to work with them uh, individually. But my books uh, and my website and my blog are sort of what I disseminate in the work that I'm currently doing. Awesome. Okay, so they can, on this MyChildrenChildren.com, they can access that blog. Can they also access your books that you've written? Absolutely. Tell us about those. What are, tell, tell us the name of your books. Well, let me, so I said in 1993, I heard those 12 words. I'm the problem, I'm the solution, I'm the resource. And I said, golly gee, I got to do better. I got to do more. Six years later, after I was engaged, April 20, 1999, two students walk into a high school in Littleton, Colorado, massacre 13 people and kill themselves. You and I know that as Columbine. And I said to myself, could that happen in my community? And the answer was yes. What have I done to make a difference? And the answer was not enough when I was honest with myself. So I started writing a series of articles in the local newspaper, what I called the five steps to community improvement. And that's what the genesis of my first book. And those five steps are, one, learn to be the best parent you could be. And I chose those words carefully because not everyone has the same ability, not everyone has the same capability, not everyone has the same circumstances. So my job as a pediatrician was not to tell them, but to help empower them to be the best parent they could be. Number two, get involved. Number three, stay involved, which is different than getting involved. Number four is the most intuitive love for others, but very difficult in our divisive society. And number five was the most difficult, I think, is practicing forgiveness. So those five steps then became the genesis, after I wrote over 160 articles, became the genesis of my first book, My Children's Children, Raising Young Citizens in the Age of Columbine. And the take-home message from that was basically, I think the, the goal of parenting is to raise our children to be good citizens. We all want our children to be happy, and I want my children to be But I think happiness is a blissful secondary side effect if we've done the job of raising our children to be good citizens. So that was book one, and I'll pause for any, any questions. Mm, beautiful. Kathy, as a... As a mom of three young children, where does that sit with you, my children's children and, and those five things? You know, we talk, my kids and I talk a lot about that, right, about always being kind, right, because it matters at the end of the day how you make people feel, right? So making that extra effort to sit with the kid at lunch that doesn't have any friends or to, you know, hug the lady at the gas station because she's crying. I do that all the time. I, I'm a hugger of random people. But being, I tell my kids all the time, you can be anything you want to be in this world 
as long as you're a good human being, right? Be kind. Because there's not enough of that. So that hits home with me, and I appreciate that a thousand times over. Yeah, I think that's, uh, again, as a pediatrician now for, I've retired for, but I was for 44 years, that's what had come home to me. Uh, and I know I wish I had another 44 years to go. I wish I, I wish I could impart that in every visit that I've had over the years uh, with every child, with every family, uh, in terms of going forward. Beautiful. Mm, I love, I love the the truth that comes out in conversation like this. There's just so much gorgeous beauty in it. So let me, as as a coach myself, and work with a lot of parents. There's a lot of pressure out there in the world, right? Be the very best parent you can be. Be the best parent in the world. You've got to be mom number one, right? I've been a parent for 36 years, and I did not have not one parent of the year award on my wall. Not one, right? But I raised really good people. They're good human beings, and they, they love other people in there. They all give back to the world. But I always tell the parents that I worked with, you know, you don't have to be the best parent in the whole wide world. You've got to be the best parent for your children. So I would I would agree. I mean, I think that the uh, you, there's some people use the expression "good enough parenting," uh, and that sounds like a a damning phrase, but it's meant to be uplifting. Again, not everyone has the same abilities. Not everyone has the same circumstances. I mean, if you're a single mom living living in poverty, it's it's much more difficult to be a parent uh, than it is if you're in a uh, two parent two parent household uh, and uh, living in, in, in nice circumstances. So I think we need to be empathetic and understanding of the circumstances that everyone brings to parenting. Certainly that's a lesson I've learned and have been humbled by uh, during my career. Mm. Amen. You know, I, we get that. You know, I, I get humbled as I watch my children raise their children. You know, to see to see what they care for it and what they take in. It's a it, it's one of my favorite things to do is watch my children be parents. You know, because I see them do these things. I think we grew up in that world. We were involved and we stayed involved in the schools and and what they did. And I see them doing the same thing. You know, At, and practicing forgiveness is is one of the hardest things that we do because we can forgive people, but we don't forget. So you got to get to that place and go one step past that forgiveness and, and offer grace. Right. Offer yeah, grace and offer no intent. Forgiveness for me has been the real journey and trying to learn about forgiveness. Uh, you know, because when your two-year-old, or excuse me, when your four-year-old whacks your two-year-old and you say, tell Johnny you're sorry. I'm sorry. You know, that's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> uh, that's different than what you would expect a 14-year-old, a 44-year-old, an 84-year-old. So we have to, we have to evolve in our forgiveness journey. And I love the uh, expression or the uh, expression of forgiveness from uh, a little book by Mitch Album called Tuesdays with Maury. Uh, and if, you, if, if you've if you read about that, that's Mitch, the uh, Maury was a professor that was dying. Mitch Album was a uh, newspaper reporter, was visiting him uh, weekly before he died. And the, simply Maury's forgiveness journey was Forgive yourself first, then forgive others, and do it now. 
And so it's so important that we do that. It's not easy to do that a lot of times, and it's a process. Um, I still have problems with uh, my father and in terms of it's not like I can completely forgive him all the time because he's deceased, uh, but he was not a good parent in the sense of what his relationship with my mother but I keep learn, keep coming back to Bob. You need to do better with this, and you need to practice forgiveness. You need to remember what you tell others uh, in your own life. So forgiveness is a real is a real journey. And I think one other thing for forgiveness I would emphasize is what I call social or communal forgiveness. We can forgive our own transgressions. We can maybe forgive the transgressions of our spouse or our mate or our children or somebody in the community or a family member, but we need to practice social forgiveness. And my prime example for this is the American, Amer- the American Medical Association for Physicians in the country back, now I don't know how many, maybe 30, 40 years ago, did not allow black physicians. The current group said, you know, they, that has since changed. But 15 years ago, a group of the physicians got together and said, we need to do something about this. Well, the easy argument is to say, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. It was them. But what they did was they issued an apology, a group apology, asking for social forgiveness. And what that allows them to do is to reset their moral compass going forward. So we need to practice individual forgiveness and social forgiveness in whatever group we're in so we can learn how to do better as a society. Because if we can't function as a society, we, we've failed in this trip we call democracy. So let me ask you a question. Like This is a good time for this question. Throughout your journey and, you know, all of the, the things that you have seen change and the people that you have met, What's a hero to you, and who who is your hero? Um, well, I would. Oh, this is always I struggle with this question. Um, I would define a hero as an individual uh, true to a life of integrity, humility, and, and sincerity, because such an individual cares for and cares about others, exhibits empathy, uh, exercises forgiveness. So integrity, humility, sincerity, empathy, forgiveness, those are the traits that I think sort of put together a hero in my eyes. And I've had several mentors early in in, in my medical training that would fulfill that role of being a hero. Uh, they would not accept that uh, designation, I'm sure, uh, but they were there at so many different levels and willing to be that mentor, willing to be that colleague, willing to be that friend, willing to be that associate, willing to, to uh, be that motivator, that mentor, that mediator, that moderator, that monitor that helps us move on in life. So don't a, a, a rambling answer to you for what's a hero, 
but that's what I would do. That's what I would, how I would define them. And there are several mentors I had early in my mental career, medical career that would fit that bill. It's, you know, we've talked more than once about how we have this social perception of hero, right? This concept of hero. If you ask the average eight-year-old, right, my grandson, he would say Captain America all day, right? Spider-Man. So we get this preconceived concept of heroes going to swoop in and change the world. And they don't have to change the world. They just have to change your world, right? By the, by the little things they do in the moments that they, they teach you something that lasts forever. Right? Absolutely. The most significant heroes. So let me ask you another question. If you could go back and chat outside on the porch one day with 20-year-old Bob, what would you tell him? Oh, boy. I'd say... Listen, Bob, stop and listen. Talk less, listen more. And if, you, if you're a fan of the musical Hamilton, you'll hear that Aaron Burr was telling Hamilton, uh, talk less, listen more. Uh, and when you're listening, be conscious of what you're hearing. Process it and move forward slowly. So that, to me, I'm an impetuous person. So I was more likely to not listen, to hear a few words, to move, uh, and then not hear the whole context of what was being described. Um, But I've tried to do better. My wife would tell you that I still have a long way to go, uh, and I would agree with her. Um, But uh, that's that's if I could go back to my 20-year-old self, is just be more more attentive, be a better listener, um, and... Try to react less, pause, and assess more. Mm. You know what What wonderful advice that is, right? It, we hear all kinds of things, but what do we really listen to? And you, you get to choose, right? You get to choose what you hear. You don't get to, you don't get to choose so many times what you are, what you hear in a day, but you do get to choose what you listen to. Absolutely. And, and learning to listen, is a, I think it's a skill all its own, because we hear all kinds of stuff, right? What do you listen to? And I think learning to listen to the people you're around, the people that matter the most to you, to your community, right, to your heart, to those little hairs on the back of your neck, what's underneath all the chatter, that's what you have to learn to listen to. Well, that's certainly a, a dramatic lesson I've learned in my in my career. Obviously, pediatricians need to be good listeners. Um, and uh, early on, people would ask me a question, what do I do here, Doc? And I told them, uh, because I was smart. I'd read the books. I'd been ta- taught various things, so I knew. Well, as I learned more, as I became a more seasoned pediatrician, as I became a parent, uh, as I became a spouse, um, I learned that I wasn't listening as good as I should, that I wasn't processing. In some ways, I was telling people what to do instead of gently, certainly from a pediatric standpoint, gently peering behind the curtain, trying to help assess with the family the situation, and then help enable them or empower them to do the best they could do going forward. So, you know, listening has has been it. And as I've told all the medical students and pediatric residents that I've worked with over the years, if you're not humbled daily, you're not paying attention. 
and actually you could mm-hmm. probably compress actually you could probably compress the time frame uh, at least in uh, medical practice if you're not humbled hourly uh, you're not paying attention because the parents uh, have so much to teach you uh, in the last two and a half years of my career I worked in a in a clinic with uh, children with complex health care needs children that might have a breathing tube in children that might have a feeding tube in children that might be non-ambulatory in wheelchairs or have profound intellectual disability and learning and listening and seeing those families taught me so much uh, made me a better person uh, so listening was critical uh, as I went I've been on this journey hmm. you know I'm going to say as a parent that has spent more than one day in the emergency room with the children that I've raised, that statement right there, parents have so much to teach you, um, they ought to teach that. I mean, we're the ones that live with them 24-7, right? Oh, and it is, intimid- it is intimidating as a parent to try to explain what you see when they're not hearing you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know... And- I'll be I'll be honest. Early in my career, I was probably was not as good at that as I was 40 years later, uh, because you you finally start to learn what, that uh, even though you have a feeling from a, looking at a child what's going on, that the parent's intuition is 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 oftentimes just that step you need, because early in my career, early, and this is things have changed in medicine, but early in my career, we we took call I took call every third night which means that once I got home at nine o'clock anybody that had a medical problem would call my house there was no such thing as a triage nurse service there was no such thing as somebody else to take care of this or somebody in the emergency room they came to whoever was on call for our practice so I quickly had to learn the skill as to how to know when if somebody called me at three o'clock whether Johnny or Sally needed to be seen then whether I need to get my buns out of bed and go see them or whether I could see them at eight o'clock but not only did I need to sort of assess what I needed to do I needed to learn how to impart that information in a manner that made sense so the family the parents the grandparents whoever was calling could trust the advice and feel comfortable with what the next several hours held and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, so, so important that we listen uh, to the parents and understand what they're doing. Beautiful. That's rare. I've changed pediatricians numerous times because they refuse to listen. <laughs> so I appreciate that viewpoint. So let me ask you one more question. If you had a one-liner of advice for the world, what would it be? What would your T-shirt say? <laughs> be a better citizen. Citizens care for, care about, and take care of others. We've talked about this, but I, I can't emphasize it more. Personal happiness will more likely follow being that better citizen rather than the op- opposite way. And I, I, uh, I, I'd like to think that I've done that with my sons, uh, now ages, uh, gosh, 45 and 33. Uh, but it's, uh, it's so important. 
because I think that's what that's what defines us. Uh, and obviously, the keys to that citizenship are what I what I've mentioned in terms of empathy, humility, sincerity, um, and integrity. Mm. Beautiful. You know, Bob, I'm going to tell you, you are number almost 500 that we've interviewed and we've had this conversations with and we've gained your wisdom and we've asked this question, what's your one-liner to the world? To this day, not one person has repeated someone else. I have almost 500 completely different statements of wisdom. It's the most beautiful thing to see. Just proof on how much wisdom and how much grace there is out there in the world. Yeah, that's beautiful. It, it is beautiful. We're just phenomenal. So I know that I could keep having this conversation. I've had such a great time getting to know you and hearing your story uh, and your truth. But with respect to you, our guest, and with respect to our audience, we are going to have to find that place to wind down. So I would love to start by saying, please remember that we're brought to you by Enlighten Up and Guided by Grace. If we can serve you in some way, if you want to talk, you want to share your story, we're interested in what you have to say. So please reach out to us at herobuilder2020 at gmail.com. Robert, Dr. Bob, thank you so very much for your time today, for, for what you do, for the grace that you provide, and for the space that you give for other parents to come in and learn to do what you've learned. And uh, I'm grateful that we've had this time with you. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today? You know, with the challenge, we've been talking about just being kind, right, being a good citizen. And I would like to take this moment to remind everybody that amongst all the chaos that's happening right now, your your neighbor, your, your coworker, your friend, they're, they're not the issue, right? You're... We're all in this together. So my challenge for our audience today is to step outside your comfort zone and start a conversation with somebody new. Bingo. Very simple and very profound as always, Cassie. Thank you for your time today and for always your input and wisdom. Robert, we would love to give you the stage and let you close out our show for us. How would you like to leave our audience today? Uh, and I think re- the remembrance that we're, we are all in this together, that nobody is better than anybody else. We have a shared humanity, and it's our job to help take care of each other. Um, and uh, there's various tools out there. We need to be consciously aware of how we're doing it and be humble and sincere. Practice forgiveness.